Thank you, Daniel. And more than anything, I'm glad it is well with my soul. Took care of that many years ago when I was nine years old. Entered into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. And I am 64 years old tonight. And I do not regret one day living for Jesus. Thank you for being here tonight. I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. And I'm going to speak tonight. I want to help you. I want to encourage you. And I heard an old preacher say one night, I want to give you a little honey for the journey. Tonight I want to look into God's Word, and we're going to revisit the story that most of us are very well aware of, the story of David and Goliath. And I want to preach tonight on this thought, giants, problems, or possibilities. Can I say it again? Giants, problems, or possibilities. Verse 45, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the earth, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all of this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. Heard the story of a little boy who was sitting on a bus reading his Bible. The seat next to him was vacant and an Elderly gentleman took the seat and looked at the youngster and said, Son, what in the world are you doing? And he responded, Well, sir, I'm reading the Bible, the Word of God. He said, Well, son, there's a lot in the Bible. What are you reading about? And he replied, Sir, I'm reading a story about a young man by the name of David who slew a great giant by the name of Goliath. The old gentleman smiled and said, Son, surely you do not believe that story. He said, Oh, yes, sir, I believe every word. He said, Well, son, how in the world will you ever know that story is really true? And the youngster smiled and said, Well, sir, I guess when I die and I get to heaven, I'll just walk up to David and ask him all about it. He said, but son, what if you die and go to heaven and learn that David isn't there? 
Then he replied, then, sir, you can ask him all about it. <laughs> the Bible is not fiction. This is not a fairy tale. And we are not living in a fantasy world tonight. The Bible is true. And little David indeed did conquer Goliath even when all odds were against him. Now the Bible teaches us Goliath was quite a man. In fact, he stood over nine feet tall. And as he challenged the Israelites, needless to say, there were no one there to oppose him and to volunteer. In fact, the Bible says that when Saul and all of Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And now little David appears on the scene. And here we also see a tremendous scriptural truth. Saul was still reigning as king. But now David had been anointed future king over all of Israel. Immediately, David is confronted with a giant of a problem. His day of blessing was soon followed by a season of testing. And it would do each of us well tonight to clearly understand that our days of blessing will soon be followed by a season of testing. In almost every book of the Bible, this truth is revealed. In Joshua, immediately after entering the promised land, they were confronted with the walls of Jericho. In the book of 1 Kings, on the hills of victory at Mount Carmel, the Bible teaches us that Elijah encountered angry king Ahab. Over in the book of Nehemiah, as soon as they began to rebuild the walls and to restore the city, they were opposed by Sanballat, Tobiah, and others. And now little David, after being anointed future king over all of Israel, he is immediately confronted with his giant, Goliath. And tonight the church needs to grasp this scriptural truth. When God performs a marvelous work in our lives, rest assured the enemy will arise in opposition. Paul reminds us that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And tonight, I believe that God gave us this passage, this story, to equip us to face and to fight and to ultimately conquer the giants that oppose us in spiritual warfare. It would amaze us, it may even alarm us to understand the giants that are represented in this sanctuary tonight. Giants of doubt, giants of persecution, giants of sorrow and giants of sickness and some of you seemingly 
believe that you're encountering warfare with Satan himself even in this very service. So the question I ask is this. How do we face those giants? How do we fight those giants? And how do we ultimately become overcomers in the lordship of Jesus Christ? Three simple steps. Step number one, we must learn to properly evaluate the situation. We must learn to properly evaluate the situation. Keep in mind, the Israelites faced a difficult situation. This giant had become their problem for 40 days and 40 nights. In all of his strength and in all of his stature, seemingly Goliath was beyond defeat. I think that it's interesting that he he intimidated the Israeli camp for 40 days and 40 nights. Also interesting that this is the number in Scripture always associated with the season of testing. You do remember that Moses spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. Joshua and Caleb lived 40 years wandering in the wilderness with Canaan in their hearts. And Jesus himself was tempted 40 days in the wilderness. So for 40 days and nights, this giant had haunted and intimidated the entire camp of Israel. I believe had they have taken a standing vote, I believe the children of Israel would have conceded we have a definite problem on our hands. We have a problem on our hands because there is no one in the camp who can face this giant, who can fight this giant, and ultimately conquer this giant. But now little David appears on the scene. He properly evaluates the situation. He does not see this giant as a problem. He only sees this giant as a possibility to prove there is a God in Israel and he is the master of every situation in our lives. I care not what giant you face tonight. I am here to remind you that in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your battle, there is still a God in Israel and he is the master of your situation tonight. We must always remember that Romans 8, 28 is still in the Bible. All things work together for the good of them who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. So in the midst of our battles, when those giants come against us in spiritual warfare, we must always properly evaluate the situation. We cannot perceive that giant as a problem, only as a possibility to prove 
my God is an awesome God, and in the name of Jesus, this giant is coming down for the glory of God. You remember Paul and Silas? They were arrested for one reason, being faithful to the gospel. They were thrown in jail. And the Bible teaches us that night, Paul and Silas apparently properly evaluated the situation. Now, if the sheriff of Sullivan County came in here tonight and arrested me and threw me in the pokey for sharing the gospel at Tennessee Avenue tonight, I would probably crawl over in the corner of a jail cell somewhere around 10.30 or 11 o'clock tonight and, and sing Chris Christopherson's song, Why Me, Lord? But Paul and Silas properly evaluated the situation. Paul and Silas said, this is not a problem for us. This is only a possibility to prove our God is an awesome God. Paul and Silas did not doubt God. That night in that prison cell, they did not pout on God. But the Bible says at the midnight hour, Paul and Silas began to sing and shout. You say, Brother Phil, what did they see? I don't have a clue tonight, but apparently it worked because before the night was over, they were coming out of the jailhouse with a jail door under one arm and the jailer under the other taking him to Jesus. No problem here. Only a possibility to prove our God is an awesome God. Do you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Those three Hebrew boys, they were challenged. They were told, you must bow and worship our king. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we will not bend, nor shall we bow. They said, all right, guys, we hear you loud and clear. But you've got to understand, if you do not bow and worship our king, you are going to be thrown in a fiery furnace. And let me exit right here for just a minute. As a Bible-thumping Baptist, we believe that it was a real furnace and a real fire and a really hot fire. And, and these three Hebrew boys were faced with a difficult situation their giant was a hot fiery furnace but i believe shadrach meshach and abednego unanimously voted this is no problem for us this is only a possibility to prove there is still a god in israel and yes he is the master of this situation this is one of those stories in Scripture where I would like to have been there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego boldly said, we will not bow, we will not bend, and by the way, we will not burn. And they threw them in the fiery furnace. I would like to have been there when the servant went in to check on the assumption of Shadrach, Meshach, in Abednego. He might have had a little peephole to look through and he looks through the peephole and he begins counting heads and he looks and says, well, there's one in the fire, there's two in the fire, 
Man, there's three in the fire, and, and oh my, there's four in the fire. And he looks to his buddy and says, hey, how many did we throw in the fire? He said, we, we threw three men in the fire. He said, well, you better go get the king. There is a problem in the furnace room. We threw three men in the fire. I just counted four men in the fire, and the fourth man is likened unto the very son of God. No problem here. Only a possibility to prove our God is an awesome God. Can I tell you the rest of the story? Those three Hebrew boys come out of that fiery furnace. The Bible said they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Their clothes were not consumed. And they bowed down and began to worship. And the servant said, Blessed be the true God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For their God is greater than the God of Isabar, the God of fire. And they fell and worshiped the true God of Israel. Are you listening? Every giant, every adversity, every crisis, every trial that comes into your life will either be a persistent problem or a possibility to prove our God is an awesome God. And yes, he is the master of this situation in our life. You've got to properly evaluate the situation. But there's a second step, and that is this. You must learn to persistently employ the solution. You say, Brother Phil, what is the solution to defeating the Goliaths in my life tonight? Well, the answer is found in our text. 1 Samuel 17, verse 37. He declared, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. David did not say he can. He did not say he might. He said he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. See, David had an unqualified faith. There was no doubt in his mind, and there was no fear in his heart. Listen to the preacher tonight. I am convinced that doubt and fear cannot reside in the hearts and minds of spirit-filled believers. I've heard people say, faith will bring the victory. Hey, faith will not bring the victory. Faith is the victory. And before our giants can be defeated, we must possess an unqualified faith that even though our giant may be great, our God is greater. I'd like to have been there when David headed out to face and fight Goliath. Surely there was somebody in the crowd that yelled out to David, Hey, David, don't go. Don't go. David, don't go. David, don't you understand? That giant's too big to hit. But David, full of God and full of grace, looked around and said, Guys, you don't understand. That giant's not too big to hit. That giant's too big to miss. Woo! 
it's too big to miss. He had an unqualified faith. But not only that, he had an uncompromising faith. See, Saul wanted David to fight the battle in his own armor. Saul wanted him to put on his helmet and take his sword and his shield and and to clothe his legs. But David said, Saul, you do not understand. Victory is coming, but victory is not coming by power. Victory is coming by the awesome spirit of the living God. He had an unqualified faith. Many tonight endeavor to face and to fight their giants by utilizing the world's standards. Yet we must resort to God's sufficiency rather than the world's standards. Oh, how we need an uncompromising faith tonight to defeat the giants of our life. See, there is nothing in you and there is nothing in me tonight that impresses God. And when you and I have to go out and face those giants, there is nothing in us, there is nothing we can accomplish in the flesh because of how weak and insufficient we are. But when we face those giants and we confess, I am weak, I am worthless. I cannot pull this off alone. And God, if it's going to happen, I'm going to have to totally, fully, unconditionally rest upon the seasoning and the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit so that I may function in this circumstance. You've got to have an uncompromising faith. Then David had an unselfish faith. Here is the key. David declared, guys, you don't understand. The battle's not mine. The battle is the Lord's. The battle's not mine. The battle is the Lord's. Hey, folks, let me tell you something tonight. If we ever receive that truth, if we ever really bury that golden nugget in our hearts, it will transform our Christian lives. Some of you tonight have the spiritual gift of worry. Hello. You have the spiritual gift of worry. You enjoy worrying. My mama, she invented worry. I came in one night and I said, Mom, you look worried. She said, I am. I'm wiped out. I said, what's going on? She said, I'm worried sick. I don't have anything to worry about. And that's some of you tonight. And giants come and giants go and warfare persists. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, you and I are engaged in spiritual warfare. And I remind you tonight, I've got to tell you one more time, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and the forces of darkness. And we are no match for them. But here's the good thing. When we entered into that covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, 
The battles no longer belong to us. The battle is the Lord's. He wants to fight your battle for you. I don't think you heard me. He wants to fight your battle for you. He just wants you to get out of the way long enough so he can step in and pull it off. Did you read all the stories? David had an unselfish heart. You say, well, i got to be honest, Brother Phil. David's my hero. He killed that giant. David didn't kill the giant. David didn't kill the giant. God killed the let me explain to you. When I was in the ninth grade, there was a guy at Robinson Junior High School that bullied me. I was, a, I was tall, but I was, I, was, I was pretty heavy and pudgy. And Rodney Hayes picked on me all the time. Sort of bullied me around. One day, I took all I was going to take. And I challenged him to meet me at the flagpole at 3.30 p.m. I was going to settle this deal. He wasn't going to pick on me anymore. He wasn't going to bully me anymore. And at 3.30, we had a pretty good crowd at the flagpole. And my mom had just bought me a new members-only jacket. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember those members-only jackets? Man, I tell you, that was back in the, I'm telling you, that was back in the 60s. And I, but I tell you, if you had a, Members only jacket, you was bad. I can tell you that right there. But I knew that if I messed that members only jacket up, not only might I get whipped at the flagpole, I'd surely get whipped when I got home. So I was taking off my members only jacket. And when I was taking my jacket off, Rodney Hayes brought a right hook right here into my forehead. And there is a scar there tonight. I'll show you after service. It's right here. There is a scar right here from that fight in the ninth grade. And I bear in my body tonight the marks of Rodney Hayes right there. And when he hit me in the forehead, do you know how I fell? Backwards. And I went down. Did you read this story? How did Goliath fall? Face forward. Well, David goes out to face him and to fight him. By faith, he releases that stone. It strikes him in the forehead. He should have fallen backward, but the Bible says he fell face forward. You say, Brother Phil, can you explain this? I think I can. There is still a God in Israel. He had saw this giant hone and intimidate and manipulate the entire Israeli camp for 40 days and nights. And then David shows up on the scene and he looks at that giant and simply says in his heart, you're big, but my God is bigger. You're great but my God is greater. And by faith, I'm releasing this stone and it strikes him in the forehead and God 
God in heaven had a spell and said, good job, David. Wham! Amen. God brought him down. David was merely the instrument God used and that he had faith to acknowledge the true God of Israel was greater than his opposition. So if you have a giant that needs to be defeated tonight, Faith is the key, and this is a challenge. Listen to me, Tennessee Avenue. This is a challenge for us to believe that which we can't always see. See, Baptists are really good at saying, well, preacher, I'll believe it when I see it. But when you get full of God and when you get full of grace, you will not be saying, I'll believe it when I see it. You'll be saying, I'll see it when I believe it. David saw it. He believed it. And his giant came down. How do we face our giants? How do we fight our giants? How do we conquer our giants? We properly evaluate the situation. Problem or possibility. We persistently employ the solution. The battle is no longer ours. The battle is the Lord's. And when you do those two things, you can do the third thing. That is step aside and personally enjoy the spoils of victory. David slew the giant with one stone. From his shield. And Goliath was no problem for the man of God who had his eyes fixed on the Lord. I care not what your Goliath is tonight. It may be a family giant, it may be a physical giant, it may be a financial giant. It may be a giant that I can't even mention. But yet that giant is real. That giant is great. That, that giant seemingly is strong and seemingly no one anywhere at any time can conquer this giant. But I'm here to remind you tonight that faith is the key. And David had triumphed. And he is now enjoying the spoils of victory. Look at verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him. And cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Daniel, there's a song in verse 51. You need to write a song. Do you write songs? You need to start right now. Write a song. They cut off his head. They fled. They saw he was dead. <laughs> That'll work right there. I can't wait. Amen. 
They cut off his head. They saw he was dead and they fled. And here's what I want you to see. Faith won the day. And your faith will always encourage others. You say, Brother Phil, why would you say that? Look at verse 52. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines till they came to the valley and to the gates of Ramah. See the transition? For 40 days and nights, no man in the Israeli camp would face Goliath. But God used one little boy full of God and grace through faith to bring the giant down. And when Goliath fell, the men of Israel and the men of Judah declared war on the Philistines and drove them out of the countryside. You know what God wants to do for you tonight? He wants to rid your life of the giants that are opposing you and oppressing you and set you free. But here's the key. The battle's not yours battle is the Lord's and here's the best news of all he's never lost one battle he just wants you this night to surrender to him and come and see the salvation of the Lord Pray together, please. Who here tonight would say, Brother Phil, there's a family giant represented in my life. The enemy's come against me. The enemy's come against my family. He's tried to divide my family. And I know he ultimately wants to destroy my family. I've said all I know to say. I've done all I know to do. My back's against the wall. But my family's worth fighting for. And tonight, I've got to bring this giant to Jesus. And I want you to pray with me. I want you to join with me in faith, believing this giant is coming down for the glory of God and my family will be saved and restored for the glory of God. Pray for me. Can I see your hand? God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. How many of you tonight are facing a physical giant and your giant's bigger than doctors and medicine and treatments? But you know tonight that we serve an awesome God, the healer, the restorer, the giver of life. 
the one who said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundant. How many of you tonight are facing a physical giant? And tonight that giant needs to come down for the glory of God, and you need to surrender that giant to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Can I pray for you? Can I see your hand? God bless you, you all over. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to embarrass anybody, and I, I wouldn't do that for anything in this world. But some of you tonight have financial giants. You have financial needs. And the enemy's used finances to attack your heart and your mind and to disturb you in sleepless nights. And, and you want to confess tonight that your God, our God, is greater than your finances. And that our God is able to supply every need in our lives according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. How many of you tonight say, Brother Phil, I've got a financial giant that needs to come down for the glory of God. Pray for me. Can I see your hand? Thank you. I struggled about preaching this message tonight. But there's no greater confirmation than the hands that have been raised in this invitation. And I want to echo my brother's words to you in the song that he sung earlier tonight. I just want to remind you, Jesus loves you. He wants to fight your battles for you. Victory will not come tonight by power, but by God's Spirit. Now I'm going to say this, and then we're going to stand and sing. Some of you brought giants to Jesus before, but here's the problem. You pick them up before you get out of the parking lot. Tonight, I want you to bring your giant to Jesus and lay that giant on this altar and leave him there. And leave here tonight rejoicing and shouting the victory that our God is an awesome God. There is still a God in Israel. And yes, he is the master of this situation in my life. And I surrender my giant to the Lordship of Jesus. Father, I've done my best to preach what you've given me. And now may people with receptive hearts respond to what you want to do for them tonight in this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.